You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast, the show that explores the background of Tolkien's amazing world from the very beginning. Like so many times before, or at least after this moment, The eagles show up just at the right time. They literally swoop in in order to save the day. A sort of deus ex machina. You've probably heard that term before. It means God in the machine. Almost like the creator himself is behind the scenes pulling the strings. And in this case, this might be one of those moments... Always remember that the eagles are Manway's creation. Manway was the the one who was closest to Iluvatar, or at least understood the most of Iluvatar's will. A critic of Tolkien might say, well, yeah, he's obviously, this is the hand of the creator or the author fixing a situation that would be too difficult to fix otherwise. And so you send in the eagles and the same critics have even leveled things against the Lord of the Rings. Uh, let's just send the eagles in at the end. Or why didn't the eagles just take the ring to Mount Doom? How come that didn't work out? Well, that's not the way these things work. Tolkien would say, at least I believe, that... The eagles have a mind of their own. The eagles are not just a travel service that you can call 
at a whim. Sometimes they help Gandalf out, but that's because they have a relationship with Gandalf. Sometimes they do things because they just happen to be in the right place at the right time. Most of the time, they don't get along with many of the other races and the other creatures. So the fact that they show up when they do is part of a bigger picture. And so here we are in the beginning of this episode, in the air, flying through the air with the eagles. The other thing I want you to think about when we think about taking flight or being carried away by these gigantic birds is that Tolkien is a man who was born before the Wright brothers took flight in the first airplane. He's a human being who lived in a time where flight seemed like it might not be possible. And then he, in his lifetime, lived long enough to probably have traveled internationally on an airplane. Not just an airplane, but a jetliner. It's just one of those things that's interesting to think about. When you think about authors and the world they lived in when they wrote the things that they wrote... By the time that he was conceiving of the earlier versions of this story, it was a time post-World War I. He had served in the military. He most certainly had seen military planes in action and had at least been around the concept of having been up in the air. He may have even had conversations among many of the other soldiers who had actually been up in an airplane in order to know what the Earth looked like from that altitude. And here he has a description at the beginning of this part of the story of flying with the eagles. And then they lifted up Luthien and Baron from the earth and bore them aloft into the clouds. Below them, suddenly thunder rolled. Lightnings leapt forward and the mountains quaked. Fire and smoke belched from Thangorodrim. And flaming bolts were hurled far abroad, falling ruinous upon the lands. And the Noldor in Hithlum trembled. But Thorondor took his way far above the earth, seeking the high roads of heaven, where the sun day long shines unveiled, and the moon walks amid the cloudless stars. Thus they passed swiftly over Dornu Fogleth and over Tarnufuin, and came above the hidden valley of Tomb Laden. No cloud nor mist lay there, and looking down, Luthien saw far below, as a white light, starting from a green jewel, the radiance of Gondolin, the fair, where Turgon dwelt. But she wept, for she thought that Baron would surely die. She spoke no more, nor opened her eyes, and knew thereafter nothing of this flight. Now we have to remember that Baron's hand was bitten off at this point, and If you recall, he wasn't just bleeding. He was poisoned. Karkaroth is a vile creature. 
And now for the duration of this flight, down into the woods where they are now safe on the outskirts of Doriath, the blood in Baron's body has been on fire. He's been burning within due to this venom that's poisoning him. And we're told that they're laid down in this forest area, and immediately Luthien goes to tending to him again in order to try to save his life. We're told that she uses the same methods that she used the first time when he was wounded by Karkaroth, but this time it's more dire. She is very concerned at this point that he may not make it. And for a long period of time, he lays there after even being tended through her elven magic and medicine in a forest where they could come across the kinds of herbs and things that the elves use in order to do their medicine. He doesn't come out of it right away. And uh, as a side note here, this is kind of fun in this situation as well. Huon joins them again at this point in the story. He finds them in the forest because, of course, the goodest boy is going to find his way back to them, even though he couldn't continue on where they were going. And the two of them together, Luthien and Huon, trying to bring Baron out of this, it's almost like he's in a coma. We're given this really interesting description here of what it's like for him. He lays there, and his spirit wandered upon the dark borders of death, knowing every anguish that pursued him from dream to dream. Have you ever had fever dreams? Have you ever been in one of those mental states where you needed to sleep, but you were so ill, and then your mind does the strangest things while you're sleeping. That's the kind of situation I think that's being described here. And again, remember, Tolkien went to war. He knew what it was like for people that he fought beside, his brothers in arms, to suffer wounds and infections, the kinds of things like this that would put you into these deep, almost comatose, fever dream-like states. And then suddenly, where her hope was almost spent, he woke again, and he looked up. And the symbolism here is great. It says, seeing leaves against the sky, and he heard beneath the leaves singing soft and slow beside him, Luthien Tenuviel. And it was spring again. So a lot of time has passed as well. Time has passed, but we're also getting the symbolism here. He was in the bleakest darkest, most hell-like landscape when he was wounded. And then he goes through this state of dreams where he's just barely on the edge of survival to opening his eyes, seeing a blue sky and leaves. Nature, again, the symbolism of all that's right in this world. Tolkien uses that. That is the thing that welcomes him back. And not only nature, but the singing of Luthien. Again, her strongest, most well-developed skill or ability. The place that she uses her magic. I would imagine in the situation she was using that singing even then to attempt to heal him and bring him back. And at this point, we are given one of those moments where somebody's name is changed. And it's not that they lose their old name, but they're given a new name because of a circumstance. And Tolkien does this all the time. 
Thereafter, Baron was named Archamion, which is the one-handed. And then we're given this other detail. Suffering was graven in his face. The suffering that he goes through here, he carries with him moving forward. This is another one of those themes. You'll recognize it from the Lord of the Rings. The suffering that Frodo endures carries forward with him. It never truly leaves you. And I think this is another one of those things. This, this episode is going to keep going back to World War I. This is another one of those things that Tolkien saw among himself and maybe his men, that the suffering that they went through in that terrible hellscape, even when they came back to the spring of the world, to the good places, to the leaves and the sky, was still there deep down inside. So in an elven fashion here, and we get these descriptions from time to time, we're told that basically this is Tolkien's justification for another period of time goes by fairly long. They, at this moment, are just okay with being in the woods, (laughs) without having a home, without having a place to go, with no kingdom, with no house, just a, a man, an elven princess, and the bestest of of good boy dogs living in the woods together. And they do this for a significant period of time. And we're told specifically that Luthien is totally cool with this. She's like, I don't need to go back. I don't need those pleasantries. Let's just take our time here and heal. And that feels to me like a very elven thing. Like time doesn't really matter. We've got time. But Baron is a man. And Baron in this situation is very noble of heart. He knows that he made an oath to Luthien's father that he needs to carry forward with this, that he can't just live in the forest for the rest of his life. This starts, and I would imagine it starts eating at him. He knows he has to make a change, that he's willing to stay there long enough to continue healing, building up his strength again. But at some point, he's going to have to go back. It's his duty, and I would use the word duty here, to fulfill his oath to go back to Thingol, to explain what had happened, to return his daughter to a place where she's safe, and then to accept whatever it is that comes after that. We're also told here that after a certain amount of time, he couldn't delay it anymore. And so he approaches Luthien and he says basically, hey, we need to go back. It is time. And so we're told, therefore, after a while, he persuaded her and their footsteps forsook the houseless lands, the open forest where nobody lived in homes. And he passed into Doriath, leading Luthien home. We're also told here, so their doom willed it. And there's that word again, doom. If he hadn't decided to do this, it would have happened anyway. There was something about just the nature of the way these things play out And the way that characters have these dooms, and sometimes the dooms come from vows that they make, and sometimes the dooms come from something that carries on from their ancestors, like the Oath of Feanor. The winds of the world, the roadways of time lead in certain directions, and they have since the music of the Einar. And Baron and Luthien's doom was to return to Menegroth. They couldn't go against it. And then we're given a picture here of what happens in Doriath. 
while they've been gone. We're kind of caught up on the details of what Thingol was going through and the people of Doriath. We're told that Doriath had fallen upon some evil days, that grief and silence had come upon all of its people because they believed that Luthien was lost and they started looking for her, but they couldn't find her. This section is interesting. I'm going to read from the passage here. And it is told that in that time, Darren, the minstrel of Thingol, strayed from the land. And this is like one little section that is put here in the middle of this that explains what happens to Darren. You guys remember Darren? Darren was the one who was fawning after Luthien when Baron showed up. He was the one that was creeping after her in the woods originally. We're given some details here about what happens to him during this time. So he strays from the land and is seen no more. He it was that made music for the dance and song of Luthien before Baron came to Doriath, and he had loved her and set all his thought of her into his music. He became the greatest of all the minstrels of the elves east of the sea, named even before Maglor, son of Feanor. But seeking for Luthien in despair, he wandered upon strange paths and passed over the mountains. He came into the east of Middle-earth, where for many ages he made lament beside dark waters for Luthien, daughter of Thingol, most beautiful of all living things. We get this kind of sad explanation of why he's not there in the halls of Menegroth when they return to Doriath. He's gone off to lament her disappearance and probably believes that she's dead at this point. And yet in that despair, in that that emotion, the pouring out of that emotion into his music, he actually surpasses the other minstrels. He becomes an amazingly accomplished musician in all of this. It's a very interesting picture. We also get a description, and I think this is more important to the actual main story here, of what Thingol was doing. We learn that he turns to Melian, he goes to Melian, and Thingol often does this during times. He knows that she's powerful and knowledgeable and all of those things. And he asks for counsel. But during this time, she says, and we're told that she withholds her counsel. Basically, her counsel is that the doom you have devised here for them must work itself out until its appointed end. And you need to wait. <laughs> Basically, listen, buddy, you did this. You set this up. It's got to work itself out. Let it just let it happen. It's kind of like it's one of those pictures I get of like two parents arguing over like the decisions that their children make. And then the wife is like, well, you are the one that decided to do that and you didn't consult with me. So you're just going to have to sit in the thing that you cooked. I don't that doesn't make any sense, but you get you get the idea. And so he's basically searching for anything. And then all of a sudden messages come secretly from Caligorm. Remember the time when they're over in Nargothrond and Caligorm basically says, hey, Felagund is dead. Finrod has died. Baron also is dead because he thought he was probably dead. And uh, by the way, Luthien is here with me in Nargothrond and I'm going to marry her. She's mine now, buddy. And Thingol would have none of that. Thingol becomes wrathful. He sends spies out in order to find out the truth about this or how he might be able to get Luthien out of Nargothrond. And then the next thing he finds out, Luthien is gone again. 
He was even considering making war against Caligorm, and he knew that making war against Caligorm would mean making war against all the sons of Feanor. And then he was considering that and realized that he didn't have the strength to take on all of them at the same time. He sends out messages to some of his allies saying, hey, can you help me find her? Or would you stand against these people if I needed to do something? All of that. He's he's basically looking at every option he, he can get and then realizes that she's lost again. And then the next thing he knows, we're told something very, very terrible. It says here, but in the north of his realm, his messengers were met with a peril sudden and unlooked for the onslaught of Karkaroth. So now we're caught up to the time where Karkaroth is running around with a Silmaril in his belly inside, like Baron's hand holding a Silmaril in his belly, right? The Wolf of Angband. In his madness, he had run ravening from the north and passed at length over Tar Nufuin upon its eastern side. And he came down from the sources of Esgalduin like a destroying fire. Now he's now starting to breach into the northern section of Doriath. Nothing hindered him, and the might of Melian upon the borders of the land stayed him not. For fate drove him, and the power of the Silmaril that he bore to his torment. Thus he burst into the inviolate woods of Doriath, and all fled away in fear. So let me tell you a little story. You know that we get sponsors on these podcasts and Yuffie, who does these smart locks with video cameras in them, reached out and they sent me a smart door lock with a 2K camera, a doorbell and a finger reader, all the bells and whistles. And I was like, okay, cool. They sent it to me. I already have one on my back door. When I opened this up and installed it, I was like, why didn't I go with Yuffie to begin with? Because this is a step above the one that I've been using. The finger reader just works. The 2K camera is so clear. I can see when somebody's at the front door, if it's Amazon or if it's somebody trying to sell me something. It even has night vision and works in the dark. It makes me feel so much safer. Plus, my son can just put his finger on the door and just come right in when he gets home from school. He doesn't have to worry about losing keys and you don't even have to change the batteries in these because it's got like 10,000 milliwatt hour battery that lasts for like four months. Go check these out today. Search for Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. Again, search Eufy Video Lock. I think you'll love it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. All right, here we are in the middle of the show. Thank you to all of all of you for listening, first of all, and for all of our supporters from Patreon. We have so many more new people to shout out. We have so many more reviews to read. I will, again, read a few of the reviews in the middle here and then put the rest of them at the end. I promised to read them all when we wrote them, and I've gotten a ton of them. You guys are so amazing. I'm just going to have to put up most of them at the end of the episode, but here we go. Let's welcome our newest patrons. I don't remember if I welcomed Stephen M. last time, but Stephen M., John S., Carl J., Alex A., Jackson G., Chad I., Fred M., Leon R., uh, Idifi, I think is how that's pronounced, Joshua H., Aldo J., and Rebecca. Thank you so much to all of you. You guys are amazing. This has gotten so much support, so much more than I had ever even thought was possible. All 106 patrons, you guys are the best. And I have to shout out our Tier 3 VIP patrons. We have five of you right now. Brad C., Brandy D., Chris D, Esoteric Rage, and Larry, thank you so much for your support. You guys are amazing. If you want to check out the bonus episodes or get ad-free episodes or check out whatever you can get from Patreon, patreon.com slash L-O-T-R Lorecast is the place to go. Go check that out. I really appreciate the support. All of this support and love makes it possible for me to do the show and to think that I should just keep doing it. Originally, this was going to be a limited run thing. But you guys keep on pouring your love into this. And so I'm coming up with ideas for things that I can do as I continue to work through these these works. So you keep supporting. I'll keep trying to make content. Thank you so much. Also, we've got some new reviews. We've got a bunch of new reviews and I've got to read them out because I promised I would. I've got a duty to fulfill like Baron. Here we go. Let's start with um, this one from Anamant. A-N-N-A-M-T-3 from the United States. He writes, excellent bonus content is a must. I echo all of the sentiments from the other five-star reviews made about the show. Excellent and incredibly helpful as a guide to digest the lore. That said, I wanted to focus my review on the quality of the bonus content, particularly where it concerns the Rings of Power show. Tom has such a wonderfully and refreshing, refreshingly, did I say refreshingly? Wow. That's a new word. Uh, refreshingly po- positive p- 
perspective on the show that does not ignore its shortcomings, but does take the opportunity to celebrate the artistry that has given us all the privilege of witnessing another live action story in Middle Earth. This is the kind of podcast that will keep these stories alive and the current audience excited about them for years to come. Thank you for creating, Tom. Keep going. Well, thank you very much as well. We have another one from Denton AP in the U.S. who writes thoughtful and heartfelt to merely call this a podcast would be like calling the Silmarils some fancy Christmas ornaments. This dude has poured his heart into this project and his deep respect for the creator intent creator's intentions shines through. Keep up the great work. Denton, thank you so much for that one. We'll do one more and then we'll put the rest of these at the end of the show. This one says amazing. The way he describes the book is so good and really makes me want to listen for hours and hours. This is my go-to either when I am training for American Ninja Warrior, soccer, or learning Sindarin and writing Tangwar. Amazing stuff. Would recommend. That is amazing stuff, Kevin the Ferret. Thank you so much for leaving that review as well, and good luck with all of that. So as usual, if you leave some words, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, I will read it out on a future episode, maybe in the middle, maybe at the end. We've got to format it. We'll figure it out. And then uh, also you can leave some ratings on um, Spotify. That's a great place to do it as well. Or whatever podcast you're listening to, if there's a way for you to drop a rating or a review, I would appreciate that. It helps people know that this show is worth checking out. All right, let's move on with the rest of the story. If you want to hear the rest of these reviews, then you'll get those at the end. Here we go. All right, we're back, and the story has to continue here because now the danger of Karkaroth has now encroached the northern forest. And I, I think you probably noticed the statement that said that even Melian could not keep him out of the borders of Doriath. He was moving in to Doriath, and this is going to be a problem. There is only one messenger who escapes. That's how this information gets back to Thingol. We're told that alone of the messengers, Mablung, chief captain of the king, escaped, and he brought the dread tidings to Thingol. This is a big deal. But before that, we have the end of this section of the story. Because Baron and Luthien return to Menegroth. And this is an, a magical moment, an interesting moment, a very cool moment. I don't, I don't know the right words to use here. Usually I come up with the, what I think are probably the right words. This is a good moment because we have just been told how desperate King Thingol is to find his daughter. And even considering going to war for it, a potentially losing war. And now he's finding out that his borders are being encroached on by a terrible monster of a beast that is tearing through his men. It is powered by this Silmaril, which is burning him from the inside. Can you imagine how desperate he would be in this situation? And what I'm going to do here is read this next sequence of passages so that you can hear how this plays out when Baron and Luthien come back to him. Then Baron led Luthien before the throne of Thingol, her father, and he looked in wonder upon Baron, whom he had thought dead. But he loved him not, because of the woes that he had brought upon Doriath. But 
Baron knelt before him and said, I return according to my word. I am come now to claim my own. Let's pause there. He returns. Thingle is pissed off at him for all the terrible things that have happened that he himself, in a way, had caused. If you go back far enough. And then Baron bows down. He kneels and says, I'm, I've stuck to my word. And now I've come to claim basically what you promised me. You should be thinking, wait, what? He doesn't have a Silmaril with him at this moment, right? Like, what is he even doing here? It goes on. And Thingol answered, what of your quest and your vow? But Baron said, it is fulfilled. Even now, a Silmaril is in my hand. It just happens to be in the belly of a gigantic beast, which is ravaging your borders. But technically, that's true. Then Thingol said, show it to me. And Baron put forth his left hand, the one that wasn't cut off or bitten off, slowly opening its fingers. But it was empty. Then he held up his right arm, and from that hour, we get another name. He named himself Camlost, the Empty-Handed. Then Thingol's mood was softened. I, I, what I think is happening here is that this is a joke. It's not a joke that he doesn't think that he, in some way, fulfilled what was asked of him, right? He, he took a Silmaril with his hand, and his hand still holds the Silmaril. I think that part of it is rings true. But then this idea that like he then stands in front of Thingol, raises his hand and one is empty. And then the other one just is not there at all. And names himself in front of Thingol. You know, basically call me Cam Lost, the empty handed. And Thingol's mood was softened. And Baron sat before his throne upon the left and Luthien upon the right, and they told all the tale of the quest, while all there listened and were filled with amazement. Can you imagine the things that they've been through, that they are now sharing with Thingol and his court? Everybody there was probably like in rapture. This must have been the most exciting thing that had happened to any of them in a very long time. And it seemed to Thingle that this man was unlike all other mortal men and among the great in Arda and the love of Luthien, a thing new and strange. And he perceived that their doom might not be withstood by any power of the world. Therefore, at the last, he yielded his will and Baron took the hand of Luthien before the throne of of her father. Thanks for listening to the Lord of the Rings Lorecast. If you'd like to learn more about other fantasy worlds, check out my other podcasts, the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the Witcher Lorecast, and more at robotsradio.net. If you'd like to reach out, I'd love to hear from you. Send me a note on Twitter at robots underscore radio or join our amazing community on the Robots Radio Discord. There are links in the show notes or just search Robots Radio Discord or find the link on robotsradio.net. I'll see you next time.
All right, back to reading some reviews. We have a bunch more to get through, so thanks for tuning into this, and thank you to everyone taking the time to drop these reviews. This one says, six stars, I can't get enough. It's from HTTYDF in the US, who writes, this is the best way to extend your understanding of The Lord of the Rings. Pair this podcast with the books, movies, or the TV series for an unparalleled experience. Amazon needs to hire this guy for their next stab at Middle Earth. Many thanks. Robot Man, Tim. Tim, thank you so much. And hey, Amazon. If you're listening, hi there. Uh, we've got another one. This one says, keep it, or this one's from Keep It Level in the US, who writes, there are few who can make this great of a podcast. I could write a novel length review for how amazing this show is. I'm in the army and commute about an hour to work. My friend com- recommended this podcast, and now I can't stop listening. It's been, I've been an LOTR fan since I learned how to read 30 years ago. I've been obsessed with the original trilogy and can easily get lost in Tolkien's worlds. Unlike other podcasts I've listened to for the past few years, I can tell Tom is genuine. He laughs and shows human emotion and connection to the world of Tolkien. He conveys such profound thoughts and feelings that make that really make me ponder and imagine it as I never have done. The way he describes everything is just so accurate and beautiful. I can't put it into words. I'm grateful for Tom, and I'm glad I found this absolute miracle of a podcast. I have my own emotional and mental difficulties that I try to keep in check. And listening to Tom reminds me that there's still good in this world. Truly an inspired human, and I would venture to say that if JRT were alive today, he would want to listen. I used to say that if I could meet anyone in the world just to have a conversation with them, it would be Howard Shore or Hans Zimmer. I love their master craftsmanship of music, which is yet another topic Tom discusses so well. And now I would easily put Tom at the top of my list. Oh, man, that's that's crazy. <laughs> Thank you. That's wow. Uh, here's to you, Tom. Keep doing exactly what you're doing. You're a phenomenal individual, and I wish the absolute best for you and what you do. You have helped this man remember the words of Faramir in my hardships. In this honor, I cannot believe that any darkness will endure. Man, that is so well written. Thank you so much. And that is such a huge compliment. Uh, it's a good point for a reminder. I do talk with people all the time in our community. So feel free to either join the Discord, post some stuff, I'll respond, or come by one of the live streams on Twitch, twitch.tv slash robots radio. Uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays in the afternoons. I'm playing games and hanging out with the community, but it's an it's a wonderful opportunity. It's actually been growing a lot and people are getting to know each other. And it's... Well, I mean, I'm ha- even if I'm playing Fallout, I'm happy to talk Lord of the Rings, right? Like it doesn't matter. We'll just hang out and have fun. So come on by. You, I don't have to be on this list of unapproachable, you know, Hans Zimmer like individuals. I'm a real boy. I have I have a face, and you can come talk to me. This one is from Liliana Chase, who writes the best hyperfiction. This is from the U.S. I or hyperfixation. Did I say hyperfiction? I read The Hobbit over 10 years ago, and when I decided to try and get back into the world of Tolkien, I had no idea how far I would fall. I absolutely adore this lore cast. It's my first one, and it is a perfect way to indulge my new Tolkien hyperfixation while driving to work and chilling at home. I'm a college student, so sometimes reading for fun is hard when I'm reading for school every day. Yeah, totally get that. Thank you for providing a way for me to experience fantasy and escape the real world. I would give more stars if I could. I think there's like a what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. P- pasted into this a star for each of the valor. I uh, there you go. That makes sense. Liliana, thank you so much. That is amazing. Then we have one from John Silmaril Surgener Sur- Sojourner. I maybe I'm pronouncing that name right. 
uh, from the U.S. who writes, caught up in a week. As someone who has grown up watching Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and now Rings of Power, I wanted to delve into the stories and history of this world with limited free time. The concise but spirited manner Robots brings to this podcast allows a listener to imagine and picture this world with ease. Listen to all 33 in a week while at work and couldn't stop. Can't wait to continue and honestly don't want there to be an end. To the goodest boy. <laughs> to the goodest boy. Thank you for that one. We've got a bunch more. Uh, I'm going to try to get through these as quick as I can. This one's from Kerwna. Ker W-N-A. From Ireland. I probably butchered that. Favorite Tolkien podcast. What a great podcast. It's been years since I read The Silmarillion. And I'm now listening to this alongside watching The Rings of Power. Such an enjoyable combo. I'm really enjoying the, the thorough explanations of The Silmarillion lore. And how I'm understanding more of this work. Thanks to your insights. I think now. I think maybe that was a typo. Uh, it's so good. It's making me look forward to my usual dreary commutes. That's awesome. Thank you so much for that one. Uh, Idaho Boy 7 in the US writes. Highly recommended. After watching The Rings of Power. I had a lot of questions about the lore of Middle Earth. So I have been reading The Silmarillion. But it's hard to follow at times. However, this podcast makes it easy to understand the book and with plenty of extra detail. It's worth listening to before reading The Silmarillion or pairing them together. Thank you so much, Idaho boy. Then we have 32nd in the United States who writes, L-O-T-R, lore review. I keep in touch with one of my good friends from back home, and we really bonded in college over Lord of the Rings. With Rings of Power just now finishing up, regardless of the quality of it, we were in reinvigorated by Tolkien's expansive world and found this podcast as a result. 11 out of 10, would recommend. 32nd, thank you so much. Then we have AceXC31 in the US who writes, perfect. As someone who is a fan of Lord of the Rings movies but has not read any of the books, it would have been far easier for all of the names stories to go over my head. But Robots does a fantastic job presenting the story and history in a way that is informative, concise, and thought-provoking. Awesome. Thank you so much for that one. Hoyle Boy in Great Britain writes, What an adventure. This is my first ever podcast. Wow. Welcome to podcasts. And it's set the bar very high indeed. I've always wanted to dive into the lore of Middle Earth, but have found the idea of it daunting. That is, up until now, though through Tom's clear and concise explanations and observations and obviously good reading skills, as has been shown in this whole section that I've been doing here, I have finally been able to take the plunge. His manner is simply delightful and has inspired me to pick up the books once more. I will also be purchasing the new illustrated version of The Silmarillion ooh, when it releases. It's also encouraged me to give other podcasts a go, and I will surely be listening to more of Robot's other casts very soon. Thanks for everything, Tom. Yeah, holy old boy. I hope you enjoy it. You can find all that stuff at robotsradio.net. I don't always say that, but if you want to find my shows and any of the other shows on our network, you can go there. We've got uh, five more. Here we go. Alfi white guy, a fly white guy. Okay, that says a fly white guy with numbers and stuff. Uh, nice, love the podcast and how you make the lore easier to understand from the United States. Thank you so much, a fly white guy. Then we have Bryant R. Sindarin in the United States who writes, oh man, he's got like elven words here and I'm not going to pronounce them correctly. Uh, this show, I think that's Elvin. I didn't look this up ahead of time. This show has helped me through work days and college courses so far. I've been reading and watching Tolkien related work for 16 years now and become obsessed with the lore of these stories at a young age. Recently have been writing my dissertation on language and how it intersects with folklore. That's super cool. 
But being dyslexic, wow, it can be very hard to reread a lot of these works. That is uh, kudos to you for working through that in order to achieve that. That's awesome. This show makes the process so much easier for me. Keep up the good work. Bright, thank you so much for that. Then we have Jabroni Sandwich in the US who writes, So sad. Unfortunately, binged every episode in a week, and now I have to wait for new episodes. Robo is great. Love it. <laughs> thank you, Jabroni. And then our stoner 434 in Great Britain writes, the most captivating show as a big Tolkien fan. I love diving into the lore. And despite having seen so many different people retelling these stories, it never, I never get bored of them. And your show just makes it even better. And I love when you give your own insights into them because it gives me a new perspective to look through. I can tell this is a real passion passion project. I can really talk today. Passion project of yours. And I love listening to it in the car. My favorite episode was the Finrod episode. My only qualm is the way you pronounce names like with the DH in them, like made, I say Maedros, but you're saying the DH is pronounced with like a TH, so it's Maedros. Yeah, it makes sense. That sounds familiar. I'm so, I'm so not good at pronunciation, guys. That's my Achilles heel. I can't wait for you to move on to Tour in Idril and Erendil and Elwing. Erendil. Is that the way you say that one? Uh, thank you, R. Stoner. And uh, yeah, thank you for... Uh, I will try to pronounce the DHs as THs moving forward. Thank you for that one. Then we have NATO78, the last one of the group today that writes, Not enough stars in the sky. NATO's from the US. This... Uh, I'm sorry. These are not enough... Or um, ugh, I totally messed that up two, two different ways this time. There are not enough stars in the sky to cover how highly I would rate this podcast. Absolutely masterful narration and passionate care put into explaining and translating Tolkien's work into words that anyone can understand. I have loved The Lord of the Rings since my dad read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings to me as a child. I have struggled to get through and understand The Silmarillion, though. Robots has done an excellent job in breaking everything down in a very understandable and engaging way. Keep up the amazing work. Nato, thank you so much. And thank you to all of you guys. Have a wonderful week. I will see you next time. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.